Play fake. Beathard sets up deep in the pocket. Goes down the field for Smith. Ah, he got it. Smith. Touchdown. 85 yards. Iowa. 56-yarder. It's got, no, does not have the leg. And Chris Davis takes it in the back of the end zone. He'll run it out to the 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. Don't miss a thing from the world of college football. Stay right here for College Gridiron on WFUV Sports. And there it is. You heard the iconic call. Auburn's going to win the football game. That's what we all thought as time was winding down in the Iron Bowl. Welcome back to College Gridiron, the official college football podcast here at WFUV Sports. I'm Bridge Gotham. Joined alongside Will Jing, Evan Harkin. And guys, rivalry weekend brought everything we wanted more. I mentioned Bama and their game against Auburn. The game, Michigan, Ohio State. There's so much to get to. But first off, how you guys doing? I'm doing great. I've been looking forward to this weekend for the past few days. And I'm ready to talk college football. Um, it's probably the most excited I've been for the college, a, a college gridiron, excuse me, episode out of all the ones that I've been on. Love it. Yeah, this is definitely the most excited I've been for a college gridiron. Stoked when I saw I got put on it this week. I mean, we just had rivalry week pass. We got the college football playoff coming up. A lot of implications for that. I mean, I, I can't think of a better time for college football than right now. I can't think of a better time. And I was we were just talking before the show. I was like. You know, you wish the 12-team playoff. You wish that started this year because it's we finally have this sort of scenario where we're really like there are six to eight to ten teams that could, that should be in and that can also compete for a national title. And um, it's frustrating because as we're going to get to later in the show, we got to narrow it down to four. We got Rivalry Weekend behind us. We have conference championships ahead of us. Let's take a look back at some of the big games from this past weekend. And uh, Evan, I'm looking at your sweatshirt. Are you an Ohio State fan? I'm not an Ohio State fan. I did attend uh, the Ohio State-Minnesota game. Okay. Awesome game. That okay. stadium is ridiculous. At the shoe? Yeah, yeah. at the shoe, okay. at the shoe. All right. It might have made me an Ohio State fan. I you know, I wouldn't say I claim a, a FBS team, obviously a big Fordham football fan, mm-hmm. but I think for right now I'm going to have to say yes. I'd say right now I'm an Ohio State football fan. And I was going to say, uh, you know, I respect you for putting on that sweatshirt. I don't know a lot of Buckeye fans that would be able to do that after what happened on Saturday and We'll also get to later. A lot has to happen for your Buckeyes to somehow sneak into that four spot the same way they did last year. And, hey, they almost knocked off Georgia in that 1-4 matchup last year. But let's talk about the game. Michigan-Ohio State, this is the game that they play every year. Both teams 11-0. It's played in Ann Arbor this year. And, of course, Ohio State, Michigan, back and forth. It was 17-17 before Michigan finally took a bigger lead late into the second half, and it ultimately ended 30-24 30-24 to 24 with Kyle McCord throwing a late pick to seal it for Michigan, and they stormed the field three straight years that Michigan has taken down Ohio State. And, of course, Jim Harbaugh wasn't there to coach uh, due to his suspension with the sign-stealing allegations and all that. That was his third and final game. He will be back for the game against Iowa. I'll start with you, Will. Just You talked about this game before the show. Were you, were you surprised by the outcome, or did you think Michigan was going to handle their business? I... I would say I was surprised by I was surprised that Ohio State didn't win, um, but only by a little bit. I thought that this was kind of a toss up. I did think Ohio State would win. I was more surprised by how the game went, which was there. I don't think personally that there was anyone 
on either side, really, probably, other than Marvin Harrison Jr., that was really fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I I just thought both teams would, would, would have stepped it up more. I think that for Michigan, you know, it, was, it wasn't that they were great, it, but they were good enough to get by. Okay. I think the theme that I expected to go into this game, which was Kyle McCord not being as good as J.J. McCarthy, kind of being the weak link of that Ohio State football team really showed. I mean, he didn't play a terrible game, but you have two interceptions thrown to Michigan zero. You lose a game by six points. There's your answer right there. Uh, like you said, a, a bad pick in crunch time. Really, you don't want any pick in crunch time, but the ball he threw was really uncompetitive for the offense. Marvin Harrison was open also early yeah. in that route. I mean, really should have hit him there. Uh, I, I think you saw with the weak link of the Ohio State Buckeyes team is it's kind of 49er-esque where you have a really good team around a quarterback that at his best is really playing mediocre with Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's kind of the same with Kyle McCord. That's a great comparison. It does feel a lot about the 49ers. You have the same colors too, right? Um, and, yeah, I think that was sort of my main takeaway as well. Kyle McCord, obviously a tough quarterback to have to go to when you had C.J. Stroud a year ago, right? And so obviously a downgrade in that regard. But they're 11-0 for a reason. McCord has done just enough to get them there. And I think a lot of credit has to go to Ohio State's playmakers. You talk about a guy in Travion Henderson in the backfield. And how about, of course, Maserati Marv, going to be a top-five pick in the draft next year. Relying on those guys has gotten them far. I think it's been their defense. I watched Ohio State earlier this year. Uh, I was at the game against uh, when they played Rutgers. And Rutgers, obviously, not a great team. But, you know, Ohio State, it was like neck and neck going to the fourth quarter. Their defense was playing great, but their offense like really couldn't get it done against a team that isn't, you know, Rutgers not known for being a powerhouse at all. I mean, they only won six games this year. Good by their standards, not by Ohio State standard. So kind of my main takeaway from, I guess you could call it scouting Ohio State was, all right, they have a fantastic defense. Offensively, their quarterback just isn't enough to win them a national championship. And I think once once you do play a team of Michigan's caliber, they kind of he kind of gets exposed in a way. I think, and it's kind of crazy, though, Somehow, despite all that, they were, if you go back to, I think it was the end of the second quarter when Michigan called a timeout right before they snapped it for the field goal. Right. The kicker made the first one. That was the difference because if they had made that Mm -hmm. and Michigan hadn't called the timeout, then down the stretch, they could go for the field goal at the end of the game. Right. Kyle McCord doesn't throw that second pick. The game goes to overtime. Who knows what happens? Um, I just think it's weird because at the same time, Ohio State, it felt like they were never completely in it because they never led in the game. No, but, so, when, but when they tied it up at 17, I did feel the shift, at least in momentum momentarily, because I felt like Michigan was at least controlling the, full, the flow of the game. But when they got that touchdown to make it 17 all, I was like, oh, OK, like they might have a shot at winning this. But I mean, I, I think there was there was the they might have a shot, but there was never the they're really in it. You know what I mean? Because then Michigan got the ball back in. Again, Michigan just controlled it from then on. So um, the fact that I, they did keep it close, I think, like you said, is a testament to their defense, you know, and basically everyone but Kyle McCord. Um, but but even then, Kyle McCord, I mean, just that close to beating Michigan. Yeah. Yeah, I think we saw it. We, we knew that going into this game the defenses were kind of going to shine. I mean, they had the over pretty high, so we all expected a little bit of offense. Mm-hmm. But it just goes to show you, I mean, the weapons that these teams have, considering they were both – Top three defenses going into this matchup ends up with a 30-24 finish. Some interesting stats, actually. On third down, Michigan was 3-for-12, still able to pull this game out, yeah. showing you that they can get it done even when they're a little sloppy, especially late in their offensive drives. 
Uh, you saw the rushing game for Michigan really explode. They finished with 50 more rushing yards in Ohio State. I think that's something we all expected for Michigan to control the ground. And Michigan kind of showed that they play this brand of football that's hard to beat because they don't beat themselves. They run the ball well. They throw zero interceptions in a game. They take advantage of your bad throws and turn them into turnovers. And I think it really exposed how much of a beast this Michigan team really is. Yeah, this Michigan team is no joke, and they'll be playing Iowa this weekend. We'll preview that matchup in a little bit, but I think just a quick five-second preview, I think we can all say that Michigan moving on and winning that game is all but light. You know, it's pretty much going to happen, meaning that Michigan has essentially punched their ticket to the college football playoff. Now, a team that also has essentially, a team that's still looking to punch their ticket would be Georgia, right? Georgia, um needs to be well I, I mean we're going to talk about the scenario but right Georgia's still undefeated at 12-0 and and they're going to be playing against the 11-1 Alabama Crimson Tide and I want to talk about Alabama's game against Auburn in the Iron Bowl because there was a play down the stretch Auburn should have won this game let me just put that out there and it was what was it fourth and goal from maybe the 33 yard line for Alabama they're down four points so they're they need a touchdown and they somehow convert there and that that saved their season and, but it also showed me like, hey, Auburn's not a great team, right? They're six, they were six and five, I think, something like that. Is Bama gonna be? Does Bama have a shot against Georgia? I mean, what do you guys think? I think they have a shot. I mean, Georgia, Georgia had their hiccups too in this season. Um, so Fair. I would say that I would say that every good team ha- and every great team has their hiccups. I think this was definitely one for Alabama. And looking back at this game, what's interesting is that Alabama's pass defense was really good. And statistically, Auburn should not have been even in this game. They had 93 passing yards in the total. Their QB threw two picks, one touchdown, five for 16. I don't know how how they walked into the fourth, how they were in the fourth quarter with a lead, let alone in the game. Like, I don't know how that happened, but defense, they stopped Alabama. Alabama, stat statistically, yes, much better game, but they kept them off the field. Auburn did. I mean, Alabama, Jalen Milrow had 259 passing yards, 16 for 24, and then 107 rushing yards. I don't know. I mean, it's like, I think it's one of those things where statistics don't tell the story because you watch the game, and while you kind of see the, the picture the stats are painting, it's not complete. Auburn did convert when it counted for touchdowns, and I think that's what kept them in this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we saw kind of the weaknesses Alabama shows. Uh, I mean, Jalen Miller, besides that amazing play in the last couple seconds, I mean, I don't know. I did not expect him to be able to make that play. I know he has trouble throwing the ball, and I mean, what a throw. I mean, be able to sit back there, take 12 seconds off the clock, look a receiver open, and then throw a great jump ball. Not as perfect a ball as you can throw. Yeah, I mean, terrible defensive plan by Auburn there, too. I mean, you're going to rush three guys and give them 10 seconds to find a one-on-one matchup in the end zone. I mean, literally had all day. The rushers weren't even rushing. They were like QB spying. I mean, I don't know what that defensive tactic was, but it should definitely never be used again in last-second situations. You have to get the quarterback to get the ball out of his hands. And like you said, well, I mean, you look at these stats, and it's like, oh, my gosh, how is Auburn in that game? I mean, they're all favoring Alabama. But I think it shows you that this Auburn team isn't bad, and they play really good situational football on those third downs when they need the ball back and uh, considering time restraints in the game. They play really well. This is a team that only lost to Georgia by a touchdown. So I'm not too worried about Alabama eventually even winning this game because this Auburn team plays well against opponents that are formidable and a little bit better than them, like Georgia, like Alabama. And to your question, Bridge, whether 
Um, I think they can beat Georgia. I mean, Nick Saban can beat Georgia. We know it's Alabama football. They'll mm. bring that defense. I don't think they will, though, and I think a lot of that lies on Jalen Milrow. Yeah, I, I agree to an extent. I also think with the SEC championship game being played in Atlanta gives Georgia a pretty big advantage, a much easier drive from yeah. Athens than Tuscaloosa by a long shot. Um, and tickets for that game significantly more expensive just showing the demand for that like that game that means fans are going to show up like a lot of these championship games the tickets have been pretty cheap because a lot of the teams playing in those games fans can't really get there because of you know long distances and whatnot Georgia's gonna it's gonna feel like a like a home game for them um but again Georgia has not lost in a long time not this season and not last season either right so the pressure's on for them to continue that 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 uh, perfect streak and, and we'll preview that matchup but what's more intriguing to me is sort of the scenarios that happen if either of those teams win. I think, obviously, if Georgia wins, Alabama, see you later. You're playing in a pretty good bowl, but not the Final Four or whatever, right? College Bowl playoff. If Alabama wins, well, we'll talk about that. One more matchup I want to get to before we get to our conference championship preview, which I know we're, we're, we're very excited for. We're going to talk about Washington versus Washington State, a game that really came down to the wire. And not a lot of people thought this, this Wash U team is really the Washington State game. Washington State team was going to give Washington a, a run for their money. I know it's rivalry weekend, but Washington a big favorite, eleven and zero. Washington State was five and six, and it took a last second field goal for Washington to beat Washington State. Can I mean, what does this tell you about about Washington? It tells me that they're they're a team that's waiting to get exposed. Mm. That's what I think. I think they they had their time early in the season. I don't know what's been happening. Um, this game, they just didn't play up to what they could be. Poor running on both ends. Uh, Washington State at 64 yards. Washington only 102. Yeah. Uh, Michael Phoenix Jr., uh, 18 for 33 uh, through a pick. So, you know, just I guess we'll talk about this a little later, but going to a matchup with Oregon, this is not a good look for Washington. Yeah, I think it shows that Washington needs Michael Penix to kind of be Superman if they want to blow teams out, if they want to win games, which obviously they've been doing. They have wins against good opponents, too, so it's I'm not going to trash them too much for this Washington State thing. Washington State has been playing well as well. Uh, they've played a couple of good opponents and have kept the game close. So I think this is more of an example of Washington State kind of being a better team than a lot of people thought. But in terms of Washington, you definitely have to be a little embarrassed by this win. I mean... Those receivers and uh, the quarterback, Michael Penix and his receivers, are great. It just has to do with the offensive line, the defense, the other important aspects of football for Washington. I mean, if it was a 7-on-7, I think I'd take Washington to be the one seed. I think they'd win the whole thing. But obviously we know there's a lot of more deeper things that go into winning college football games. And I think I I agree with you, Will. I think they're a team waiting to be exposed for only having a few really good players on their team. And it's funny because the narrative you guys are pushing, which I actually agree with, of them being waiting to expose because of how many close wins they've had, yeah. like how close it's been. Of course, this it, this will be a rematch, right? Washington beat Oregon in a 36-33 uh, win earlier this season. Um, and Oregon's, you know, learned a lot from that. I mean, that was a shootout till the very end. Um, but you look at a lot of Washington's wins, and I'll start with 15-7 to against Arizona State. Arizona State was 1-6, by the way. Um Stanford obviously had a couple nice wins this year, but they're not they're not great at all. They're not going to a bowl. They only beat them by nine, right? USC they beat by ten. Okay, Utah, you know another ranked team. They beat by seven. Oregon State, or you know number eleven, they won by two. But not any dominant wins on their schedule outside of those outside of the non conference at the beginning. Like none of these wins have really 
then blow out dominant. Hey, I'm the number four team in the country. I'm going to play like it. I think that this game and looking ahead, Oregon's a nine and a half point favorite. I understand why they've been playing way better and I could see them winning by a lot, but I would not count out Washington this weekend. That's, that's my main takeaway. I mean, I'm not going to count them out, but I think the line kind of has to tell you something. I mean, I think we all looked at that line. It was like, oh, my God. It's, yeah. it's in Washington, too. They've beat Oregon already this season. They're still undefeated. But I think, as you said, Oregon's been blowing teams out, Bridge, and that's the difference here. I mean, Washington's playing all these close games, and I think it's really going to come down to the trenches where Oregon's going to win this game with the run game, kind of the, the defensive pressure. A big reason why I think the line is the way it is is Oregon is actually one of the top teams in the country in terms of preventing sacks. I think they're top five right now in mm-hmm. in uh, least amount of sacks given up. And Washington's amongst the 119th team, I believe, in the FBS in sacks. Yeah. So you see a team that one team really good at protecting their quarterback in a game against where there's two really good quarterbacks and the other team poor at getting to that quarterback. I think you see why the line is the way it is. And I expect that to be the theme of the game. Yeah. Here's the thing. About your point, Bridge, that sure. don't count Washington out. Yeah. The only reason why I give that a little bit of credit is because I had this random dream last night. Okay. That Washington won tonight, thirty-five to thirty-two. I could see that. So that, but other than that, I just, I, but even before last night and before I had that dream, I was like, I cannot fathom how this Washington team can win. They were, and you mentioned they won on a field goal. They were a yard away, potentially, in the second quarter on a fourth-and-one stop on Washington State from losing that game. Oh, yeah. Maybe if Washington State converts that fourth down and scores, Washington loses that game, and we're not even talking about them being in the playoff conversation anymore, potentially. I don't know. I know. The what-ifs will keep me up at night. I mean, you talk about the Bama game, too, right? That. They shouldn't have won either. Nope. But like close only cats and horseshoes and hand grenades, right? Like this is the way it is. We got an undefeated Washington team taking on an Oregon team with its only loss being to Washington. I just I wouldn't count out yeah. Washington. That's all I'm saying. And wa- but the thing is, Washington they haven't won a game by double digits since playing Cal on September 23rd. Right, I know that's wow. that's what I was saying. That's like, it's, gosh. And on the other hand, for Oregon, only two of their games were won by single digits. One is against USC, the other against Texas Tech. Yeah, no, so Oregon's that, looked like the more dominant team. I I think we all agree we think they're going to win, but I'm saying. Give Washington a shot. Can't you can't can't guarantee anything. Listen, man, my dreams give Washington a shot, <laughs> but me being awake does not give Washington okay. a shot. All right, all right, all right. So we're gonna move on to the conference championship preview now, and just a couple other final scores to kind of get in the back of our mind. Texas took care of Texas Tech, fifty-seven to seven. We talked about Oregon; they beat Oregon State thirty-one to seven. Louisville lost uh, 38 to 31. They will still be playing in the ACC championship game. Louisville, that is against Florida State. But we'll talk about how that loss kind of impacts how we think about Louisville as they take on Florida State. LSU took care of Texas A&M. We talked about Alabama and Auburn and Washington, Washington State. Florida State beat Florida. That game was close for a while as well. And Georgia took care of Georgia Tech. That game a little close as well. But I think rivalry weekend definitely brings about a lot closer matchups than we're used to. But ultimately, the better team won in just about every one of those games. So moving ahead, we're going to preview every single one of these games, except for the New Mexico State Liberty game, because it's the New Mexico State Liberty (laughs) game. So first, we were just talking about Oregon-Washington. Let's talk about that matchup in slightly more detail. Oregon's favored by 9.5. The game is in Allegiant Stadium, so that's Vegas. I thought it was in Washington as well, but I think it's yeah, it's at Allegiant Stadium. Oh, okay. Doesn't really give anyone a home field advantage at all, right? Vegas far from Washington and Oregon, so it's gonna 
I doubt there's really going to be much of a showing, to be honest, aside from, you know, some fans will travel, but it doesn't really favor either team. Uh, I, th- I think there will be all the all the people gambling on the game in Vegas probably going. Oh, of course. <laughs> um, but w- I'll start with my take. I think Oregon's going to win this game. I think it's going to be a shootout, though. Um, I'm going to say final score. You said what, Will? Was it 35-32? Washington, if they win. If 30. they win, right? I think uh, Oregon will win, I don't know, let's say 45-35. to 35. Wow. I like that. I or like did that. Did I say Washington? I meant Oregon. Sorry. You said Oregon. Yeah, Oregon. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I've been thinking more about you saying don't count them out, and I, it's making me. Think, I don't see a blowout. Right. I don't see a blowout. I think Penix and his weapons are too. They're too elite to let a blowout happen. I mean, they're going to score yeah. a lot of times. There's, I, I agree. It's going to be a shootout for sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely take the over in this one. But I mean, if Washington has the ball last and the game's tied, or they need a touchdown to win. I, 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 I you it. can't count them out That's like you saying. said. I think I mean, whoever gets the ball last, assuming it's you know tie game or within a possession, will win this game. Right, it's, it's kind of like that classic Fordham football, right? right. It's kind of like the Bills backyard. Chiefs yeah, feel exactly. Where yeah, no one wants to play any defense. I mm-hmm. mean, that's the Pac-12 for you anyway. But yep. I agree. I think it's going to be a fun one, high scoring, and I th- I'm going with the don't count Washington out, like you said as well. But I think I think Oregon's going to pull it out by a touchdown, maybe a field goal. Mm-hmm. I'll put it in the. 42 to 35 range. Okay. I agree with a similar range. I would say, I mean, you guys, we've already said everything that needs to be said. Right, that's why we're just doing final scores at this point. I would say, I would say Oregon 41, and I'm going to go Washington, I'm going to go 34. 41-34, I think. Interesting. I like it. Okay. So we all got, we all got Oregon, but Washington going to keep it close. But, right. Oh, I do want to say I yeah. do disagree only because of my dream with the fact that the team with the last drive is going to win <laughs> because in my dream, I think Oregon had the ball last and Washington still won. Did they like throw an interception or can't really remember? I can't really remember. They just I think it was fourth down and they couldn't convert. Yeah. I don't know if they oh, threw a pick like or I don't know how. No way that Washington D got an interception. <laughs> <laughs> Bo Nix, there's no yep, way. Yep, yep. <laughs> All right, so we got Saturday's slate of games, uh, beautiful slate of games. Um We'll start with the first game, the 12 o'clock on ABC. Oklahoma State taking on Texas in the Big 12 championship game. Texas a big favorite, 15 points. I think Texas will win this one no problem. What do you guys think? I think Texas also wins no problem. I I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I do think they'll win without uh, – without like what would it be like without skipping a heartbeat? Is that like the, how the saying goes? Like so, mm-hmm. I think they'll they'll win and and they'll be okay. I think this is a out of all the games that are going on this weekend, I think this game has the has the biggest implication in terms of it's not about who wins, but it's more about how it's won. Right. Yeah, I agree. I think I, most yeah. people kind of have that feeling that Texas is going to win, like you said, by how much is really going to be the statement. I mean, they just play. They're really good at running the ball. They play really good defense. It's a it's a safe form of football. And Oregon State, the good teams they've played, which aren't too many, I mean, it seems like they've lost almost all of them. Lost mm. to Oregon, lost to Utah, lost to We're talking about Oklahoma Arizona. State. Yeah, not, not oh, Oregon State. Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. No, they had their best wins against Oklahoma, right, in the last Bedlam game, which is so sad. But uh, they won 27-24. They also lost to South Alabama in the non-conference 33 to 7 which is just so shocking like south alabama they won six games this year but they're not known they're not they're not known period but <laughs> like they're right that's not a game you lose but then they they beat ranked Texas or ranked kansas 
uh, 39-32. They beat Westwick. They have some good quality wins here, but then they lose 45-3 to to UCF, who's not even ranked. So they were 5-5. Five and five. So Oklahoma State just seems like a very inconsistent team. They did knock off BYU in their last game in double overtime, 40-34, to um, which got them into this championship game. Texas, on the other hand, to me, like you guys said, it's going to be about how they win this game. They need to win by as many points as possible simply because the committee, that's what they're going to look at if other things happen. And I know I keep saying we'll get to it. We, we're going to get to this crazy preview thing um, of different scenarios. But when if there is a scenario that gives Texas a shot, they're going to want to have a really, really big statement win in this championship game for the committee to be like, okay, Texas won 66-6 to against Oklahoma State. <laughs> mm, maybe we'll put them in over who knows. So that's sort of my take on it. But I think we can all agree Texas will win this football game. The one pointer I have for Texas is mm-hmm. even if you're blowing out Oklahoma State, do not kneel the ball at the end of the game. You need that extra touchdown. You need every <laughs> bit of extra, every, every point, every yard you can get. So you could be up by, you could be up 66 to 6, like you said, Bridge. Yeah. If you have the ball, like I don't 40 care. seconds left. Yes, I don't care if there's 40 seconds left or I don't care if there's five it's seconds like the left. unwritten rule, though. You got to knee it there. <laughs> now, if there's five seconds left and you're on your own 20, gonna be you like, hail Mary the Bad ball. sportsmanship. <laughs> Some good Cowboys brand football right there. No football <laughs> etiquette. Yeah, right now they're playing at AT&T Stadium, so, I mean, that oh, would make sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, this is probably the best game of – actually, I'd say second best game. The best game to me is the Louisville-Florida State game in terms of how close it will probably be. Yeah. But Georgia-Alabama, this next matchup – is going to determine a lot. Alabama, obviously, I think need if they lose, they're out. Right? They've never, been, there's never been a two-loss team in the college football playoff. They need to win. Georgia, I think, what we were saying before, doesn't need to win. But if they lose, and depending on how they lose, it shakes a lot of things up. I think they obviously going to drop in seeding if they lose of course this game because yeah. Michigan's Michigan's going to be undefeated and yeah. they're going to take that one spot. Yeah. Um, you mentioned earlier that. Georgia has home field advantage, but I will say, I looked this up, Alabama's won the last eight games in Georgia, <laughs> so I don't know if that's really an advantage. I, I think, if anything, you look at that, and I think that's going to be something that gets more into Georgia's head than anything else. That's a good point. Um, but yeah, I mean, these two teams are both dominant, three out of the last six, uh, including this one, SEC title games, was this exact matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing is, Georgia's never beaten Alabama for the SEC title. So, you know, but on the other I didn't hand, I know that. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. But obviously, 29 straight wins, two national titles. Right. And this la- is a different Georgia team compared to five years ago. The thing is, their last loss was also to Alabama in the SEC title game. So I think that Georgia on paper definitely has the matchup. I think Alabama has the psychological matchup. Um, but I, like I do, th- I do think that Georgia does walk away with this game. I think it's going to be somewhat close, not overly close. I do want Alabama to win, as I said before, just because I am tired of seeing Georgia's dominance and I want to see chaos for the committee. Right. But um, I, I do think um, that Georgia will walk away with a, a decent margin of victory. Yeah, I think Georgia will definitely win this. I agree. I, I think it'll be close until the end and then Georgia will pull away a little bit. I think we saw from Auburn that you could really play this QB spy game against Jalen Milrow, the make him throw game. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how teams played against Lamar Jackson early in his career. Jalen Miller, we know, can hurt you with his legs. He's really good on third down with using his legs, but not that good at throwing the ball. We've seen this all year. One thing Auburn did was have a QB spy on him every single play. We saw that guy make a lot of plays. 
uh, for Auburn against Alabama. I think Georgia, with their elite defense already, is going to copycat. This is a copycat league. Is going to copycat the exact same method and really, really make Real Milrow have a tough time out there. And the Bulldogs are going to end up winning this game. Yeah, I I have Georgia winning as well, but yeah, I mean, look, Alabama they probably should have lost as I said before uh, to Auburn, but again, they won. They're here for a reason. Um, I think it's going to be close. I kind of I def, I see Georgia winning this game, which would knock Alabama out. Georgia's just looked so good all year long. A couple close wins, but all in all, like any team that that's really given them any sort of a shot would probably be Missouri. Uh, they beat them. 30 to 21 and then of course Georgia Tech but they they took care of business. Number 9 Ole Miss, they beat them 52 to 17. They beat number 18 Tennessee 38 to 10. Um yeah, they they've just looked dominant all season long and it's just it's hard to imagine Georgia losing this game uh for me. I'll I have them winning I'd say 28 to to 17. I don't think it's going to be super high scoring, but I think that they'll they'll do just enough uh to win that game. So with that win, Alabama's out, Georgia punches their ticket. We're going to say Michigan probably going to win their game, too. We don't need to preview that. I yeah. don't think too much. I think Michigan will win. Iowa's a very interesting team because of how they've won their games and how unprecedented it's been. <laughs> um, they're going to punt a lot. Their defense is very good, uh, but the one really good team they played against was Penn State, and they lost, I think, 29 to nothing. Uh, Iowa did, so I think you'll get a pretty similar result against Michigan. I think it'll actually be close at half. It might be like 3-3 three to three or something, but then Michigan, will, you know, they'll make their adjustments. And the final score will be twenty-five to three, some weird score like that. But Michigan will will definitely win that one, no problem. I don't know if you guys want to give your two cents on that. Yeah, I think you covered it. I mean, if you gave Iowa an offense, I would say this is definitely a game. But we know they like to punt the ball more than anyone else. Yep. They do play. I do agree. It's going to be a weird score because all the Iowa scores are that yep. way. Might 10 be a safety in there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's just going to be no offense from the Iowa side. Two words, Michigan blowout. <laughs> the, the, actually, a little more than two words, just to elaborate on that. I looked up the over-under for Iowa, and I think the over-under oh, is point yeah. five points. Yeah, for each half, yeah. So, oh like, people are just not expecting it's either, Are score. they going to score or not? Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, my God. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. But, yeah, so, Michigan blowout. So now we have this scenario that we're starting to build, and we're going to get to the final game. Um, we're not going to really talk about Tulane SMU because – uh, that outcome doesn't really impact the college football playoff picture. Um, we have Georgia winning that game against Alabama, so they're going to lock in at the one. Michigan wins their game. They're going to lock in at the two. That Those could flip-flop if the committee feels like it, but those are going to be your top two seeds based on our current scenario right now. Now we have Louisville taking on Florida State in the nightcap, the 8 o'clock game on ABC. Florida State a one-and-a-half-point favorite, but... I think if we're being honest, this game's planted uh played in Bank of America Stadium, which I believe is North Carolina. I think that's where the Panthers play. If Louisville wins this game, uh Florida State's done. And you guys are even saying if Florida State wins, you're saying like the committee I, I will before the show, you're saying the committee should keep him out. Yeah. I think that defend your point. I mean, like that's it, it they're gonna be undefeated. I think that's a hard point, like for the committee. They it, I don't think they can do that. <laughs> They're uh, undefeated, and that's why I legitimately feel bad for them. And it's because they have an injury that I would say that they shouldn't make it. But at the end of the day, the football is about the four best playoff teams, yep. uh, the four best teams in the country for the playoffs. And if you're missing your QB, unless, I mean, Tate Roadmaker just goes <laughs> off tonight, which I don't think he will. I mean, 12 for 25 last week, 134 yards, yards against Florida. I don't think he's going to go off like that. The only way I see them, you know, making it at least 
or being deserving of making it in my eyes and being actually a top four team is if they somehow find a way to blow Louisville out of the water like a sixty-six to six score. I think that's probably then. The then we could talk about it. But other than that, I don't. I don't see that. I think they'll still win even without Jordan Travis, um, because Louisville just hasn't been dominant. They're not good enough, in my opinion, to Especially be that loss last week. Yeah. Yeah, but I think I think Florida State will wa- walk out with um, a single-digit win. Although I will say, th- this is their best opponent since LSU on September third. So they do have to be a little bit careful. Yeah, I was agreeing that the committee can do whatever they want. I mean, I w- it wouldn't surprise me too much if I saw uh, Florida State win this game. And if there's a team on the edge, really, I mean, kind of that if Ohio State doesn't find a way to get in relating on that, that maybe they could keep them out because of the injury. Obviously, if Jordan Travis is playing, like if he wasn't injured, none right. of this is a conversation. It's pretty straightforward. But I think it's going to be a serious game, especially because of that Louisville loss. Tate Roadmaker, I mean, it's not like he's a – some freshman quarterback coming in. He's a junior. He's been there. He actually threw for 510 yards and five touchdowns this season already. No picks. So, I mean, he's, he's been playing all right. Didn't play amazing last game, but got the job done like we saw. I think I think it's going to be close. I hope that Louisville wins because I don't want to see Tate Roadmaker and the Seminoles <laughs> take agree. on the Bulldogs. That does not sound like as exciting of a matchup as the other possibilities. So, I think it's going to be really close. I think Louisville is going to pull out a close, low-scoring game in the end. Yeah, I'll say twenty-four to twenty-one. Yeah, Louisville. I, like I you know not terribly low scoring, but I think definitely they're going to win by a field goal. I will say this about Florida State: like losing your starter sucks, and especially with a playmaker like that. But you know, no, don't count anybody out. The the rest of the team, the quarterback's only one person. You know, I'll use an example from the NFL. Right, Eagles lose Carson Wentz, and Nick Foles wins them the Super Bowl. I know not apples to apples, but just oh, yeah. just putting that out there. Um, so all right, we've we've we're, we're building our scenario here. Louisville beats Florida State, so now Florida State is out. Louisville's obviously out. You have Michigan and Georgia either at one and two. Texas blew their opponent out, right? In our in our hypothetical scenario, and Oregon beat Washington, so now they're both eleven and one in terms of Oregon and Washington both eleven and one. But I think the committee values the Oregon recent win, right? Yeah. So. Does Oregon get that number three spot and then Texas get the four spot in our scenario? I think that would make the most sense. What do you guys think? I would say my... Based on what we just predicted, if that makes sense. Yeah. My my prediction would be Georgia, Michigan, uh, one and two, mm-hmm. respectively. I think Oregon does slide up to the number three spot after beating Washington. Mm-hmm. They're going to be better than Florida State. I think the four spot is a toss-up and it all depends on how texas plays i think they if if they don't blow oklahoma state out of the water i think ohio state slides in really interesting because think about it ohio state has a has a couple ranked wins right, right. no at notre and, dame and of course at penn, penn state at home and they were one drive away and you could argue maybe even that one field goal away yep. from potentially beating michigan so i think that texas really needs to have a good showing against oklahoma state and honestly if i was a betting man I would, because they did have that slip up against Oklahoma earlier. I would bet that right, if Red I was River, a betting yeah. man, I would say Ohio State does slide in. If I'm a betting man, but I could definitely see Texas being that number fourteen. I don't think Texas is going to be. I agree that the Ohio State team is going to get in. I, I I didn't even really consider Texas too much. I mean, you have that loss to Oklahoma earlier on in the season. Yep. It was a worse loss than Michigan, right? So 
I mean, Ohio State with their one loss, we're assuming both of them are going to win. They'll mm-hmm. both be 12-1. Right. and one. Yeah. Ohio State's loss has got to be better than Alabama's loss. We know the commi- or not uh, Texas's loss, mm-hmm. and we know the committee favors good losses. We know that's a term they like to use, yeah. credible losses. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that the three seed also will be the winner of Washington, Oregon. Mm-hmm. I think that'll be really exciting. I think it'll be Oregon. So I think it's going to be Georgia, Michigan, Oregon, and then Ohio State's going to slip on in there. The I don't see Texas being in there even with a blowout. I think the committee is going to want to put Ohio State in more than that. Yeah, especially, I mean, the committee, they won't say it, but like TV ratings, that, right. they do play a part in, in selecting the teams. That's why they were so hesitant to put Cincinnati in there uh, a few years ago. Yeah, it's such a weird scenario because, look, you assume that Alabama loses to Georgia, so they're a two-loss team, they're out. But let's just say for the sake of this, let's just say Alabama beats Georgia. Let's shake it up a little bit. Let's say it's a close game. It. They win by a field goal, right? So Michigan will move up to the one, right? We can all agree on that. Assuming, yes. right? Yep. So Michigan moves up. Georgia obviously falls. Alabama now has a very good case of getting in, probably should be in. So that's both Alabama and Georgia will probably be in. Alabama probably leaps, leapfrogs Georgia. So we could say Alabama two, um, Oregon three, Georgia four. I, I love that you brought this up yeah. because I was hoping that after we gave our original predictions, you would bring this up. Of course. Because unlike Washington winning, other other than in my dream, you know, I can't see it. <laughs> and But the thing is, I can see Alabama maybe winning, mm. even though I don't think it's likely. And this is, like we said before, the ultimate chaos scenario that the committee just does not want. Because, again, you now you have Michigan, Oregon, Alabama, Georgia, right? And you what have, if Florida State wins? I mean, that, they, they're favored, was, right? I mean, that's another thing, and it's hard to keep them out, too. That's five teams. And now yeah. you have to consider Texas because they beat Alabama. That's exactly right. Uh, so that's yeah. the thing. That's the big problem. Yep. Texas beat Alabama. That's why. I that's don't... why they're ranked above them right now as we speak. I think seven and eight respectively. I believe. Exactly. Yeah. So, at this point, I think that if Alabama wins, Ohio State doesn't slip in. Because oh yeah. Yeah. Ohio State can say goodbye. Because now yeah. Alabama and Texas have a case more right. so than Ohio State. My four teams that I would put in this scenario would be Michigan at one. Mm-hmm. Oregon slides up to number two. Okay. I would say number three is Alabama. Yeah. And then four has to be Georgia. And, and I know for all the Texas fan, Texas fans out there, it's like, how can you not put Texas in? They beat Alabama. Texas just hasn't been dominant enough as of late. They beat TCU and Kansas State, both unranked teams by only three. So I would say that if you have to make a case, I would say that between, because then Alabama, Georgia, and Texas would all be one-loss teams. Yeah. I would say that, Texas's loss looks the worst, and they just haven't been as good as the other two coming down the stretch. Yeah, Texas's loss would be the worst. But like, if Alabama wins against Georgia, they're the conference champ, and I think the whole notion of Texas beat them, therefore Texas is higher, goes out the window if they win. That's no longer a factor. So, like you said, Michigan won. You said Oregon too. I would. St- I think Alabama would jump up to two personally, depending on how Oregon beats Washington. Which again. That still has to happen. These are it's all hypotheticals here. Also, how beats uh, how Alabama beats Georgia. That's true, but I think, yeah, that that'll definitely impact the standings. But I think a win, it, it could be the ugliest win ever. I think yeah. that'll still push Alabama in no matter what. If Alabama blows out Georgia, which I know like doesn't make any sense, but I'm just throwing it out there, and other things happen, I think that could push Georgia out. It would have to be something crazy, yeah. like and I'm not saying like 89 nothing. That's not going to happen. But let's <laughs> say it's like I don't know 45 to 13. Right, something like that yeah. within the realm of possibility, not within the realm of actual possibility. But you know what I mean? Like that's a final score that could happen. 
Yeah. So I mean, then does Georgia get pushed out? And if Texas blows out whoever, they're in. But are they lower than Alabama seeding-wise? Probably because Alabama beat Georgia for the SEC championship game. You still put Oregon in there at three. So it's Michigan, Alabama, Oregon, and then Texas if Alabama blows out Georgia. At the, oh, yeah. If they blow out Georgia, That's then, what I mean. Uh, if it's the 45-13. Yeah. But even then, like the committee might still yeah. put Georgia in. So. A lot of a lot of people, and I'll let you go, Evan. After this, yeah, a lot of people are like, if you're Texas, you want Alabama to win because then they beat Alabama, so they have had the case to slide in. And I just think that's delusional. Because, I, I agree. Yeah, because now you're gonna have a it case it for hard. so many. It makes teams. it harder. Yeah, exactly. You'd rather have Georgia win, so then you could say goodbye to worrying about Alabama. And it could be a super close win, too, because as soon as Bama gets that second loss, they're out. Like That, exactly. that, that never happens. So. And then all you got to do is worry about your game, blow out Oklahoma State, yep. and then you make it in ahead of Ohio State. That's why I said that that's the game where how it's won matters more than any other game. That's right. This is where the credible loss thing gets so tricky. I mean, what we're really seeing is why they have to explain the college football playoff. But yeah. in this scenario, I think we, we all agree that Winner of, or- well, let's say, Oregon's in and Michigan's in at one and two. And then the three and four of those two SEC teams, kind of, maybe. Mm-hmm. But the question I had was, so let's say Alabama wins. Alabama's three, right? SEC champion beat Georgia. They're yep. three, yep, one, yep, two, yep. three. Four, if that was going to be Georgia, who then has a loss to Alabama, why can't it be Ohio State, who then has a loss to Michigan, who's higher That's a good than point. Alabama in the list? I think mean, it then comes down to how it happened, or how how the uh, well, I'll let you speak in a second. <laughs> how the law, like what kind of loss it is, and also you have to look at the fact that Georgia was is twelve and zero in their season, right. and obviously the conversation it counts as well. But Ohio State lost in the regular. I know that's such a weird no, point yeah, to make, yeah, but it is different when you value. Hey, this was the undefeated Georgia Bulldogs coming in versus the eleven and one Ohio State Buckeyes who aren't playing in a conference championship right. game, right? That's true. But I, I mean, I could see Ohio State slipping in there. Their their biggest issue is that they don't control their own destiny. They're exactly. sitting on their couches yep. this weekend and they are hoping a lot of stuff happens. They can't. They don't have a chance to prove. Look, their resumes. It's set. It is what it is right now. It can only be enhanced by a Michigan blowout of Iowa, just to be like, all right, Michi- Michigan steamrolled Iowa. Everyone thinks it's going to happen anyways. Yeah. Well, we almost beat that team. I think that's the only good thing. Like, Notre Dame's not playing this weekend because they're not even in a conference, which is, <laughs> again, it's ridiculous. Oh, I, I can't stand them. They're just like, yeah, we're independent. We're, we're in the ACC for everything, but no, we're just yeah. independent because of our tradition. Like, come on, man. Like, as soon as this NBC, NBC deal's up next year, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna, yeah. they're gonna join a conference, especially all the realignment. They need to, but whatever. That's just a tangent, because they're such a storied program. They should really go and join the ACC or the yeah. Big Ten full time. Stop playing Navy in Ireland yeah, every year. Like, come play on, a dude. real team. Like, like, come on. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, they ha- they have good quality opponents. Like they played yeah. Ohio State, for example. But it's like, yeah, I'd like to see them join a conference because it kind of hurts them. Obviously, they're not in the running this year because they don't have, you know, they have a few losses. But if Notre Dame, for example, was like eleven and one, right? Yeah. They're not playing in a conference championship game, so it's kind of like the same problem Ohio State yeah. has right now that they they don't have a chance to prove themselves. So it kind of went on a tangent there. So I don't know where yeah. we left off at, but I'll I mean, I was just gonna say you make a good a good point, Evan. Like why Ohio State <laughs> State can't be in there? I think that the only thing is at this point Georgia's dominance comes into play. Yeah, and just not even this season. I think you you start taking into account just over the past couple of years how dominant they've been and how crazy it's been, and I think that. I don't know. Maybe you even start looking at last year when Georgia beat Ohio State, and that becomes a factor. But I just think Ohio State doesn't have that notch to be able to say, "Okay, we should be put over Georgia." Yeah. So I would I would say that, and then I mean, 
just I don't know this whole situation is just blowing my mind. I can't wait for Sunday. Or yeah, Sunday. That's when we'll know. Or yeah. late Saturday night. I, I mean, mean, they'll they pick the teams. I think Sunday, right? Yeah, Sunday at noon. I yeah. mean, if you listen, if you're Texas, all I say, all I'm saying is, you wish you were playing Oklahoma, not Oklahoma State. Oh, a hundred percent. You could yeah. avenge that, that loss. Yeah. Then if they beat Oklahoma, then you definitely slide in over Ohio State. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're we're getting close to the end of the show. I think we should each give our pr- predicted four. Just I know we've kind of already done that, but just yeah. so next week we can look back at this week. So, Evan, I'll start with you. Give me your four and then a 30-second explanation for why it's all going to happen. Well, the show's definitely changing my mind a little bit, but I'm going <laughs> to go with the four I had coming into this show. I think they're still going to be the four. I'm going Georgia-Michigan. I think those two are locks. Georgia-Michigan. Oregon. Oregon at three. The four is where we're getting tricky. Mm-hmm. I'm going Ohio State. I say Louisville knocks off Florida State. They're not a problem. They're yep. not talked about in this. Ohio State with that win, that loss that's better than Texas's loss slides into that. And four Alabama's spot. out of it too because they would have lost to Georgia. Loses and they're out. Yes, that's my four right now. So okay. Georgia, Michigan, Oregon, Ohio State. I'm with you, Evan. I mean, we both talked about it earlier. Georgia's just been absolutely dominant, yeah. and if they beat Alabama, which they most likely will, even if it's not in in overly convincing fashion. Uh, people do respect Alabama enough. I think that Georgia retains number one over Michigan. Uh, Michigan, they've had a pretty weak schedule this year, other than really Ohio State. So Penn State, I guess that that too. Yeah, the borderline I top ten team that they yeah. took care of. It's pretty uh, important. Uh, but other than you know those those two weeks, right, I think it yeah. was it was you know pretty easy for them. And so I would say they slide in at number two. Mm-hmm. I think Washington and Florida State are not in the conversation, so I think then Oregon wins. So you got to go to them next. They've just been absolutely dominant lately. And then, again, like I said, number four is just toss up, like you said, also between Ohio State and Texas. And it's just I or Florida State. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't. I just don't think I would. It, it's a toss up, but I would say there's more than a fifty percent chance that Texas doesn't win in convincing enough fashion. So I would put number four, Ohio State. Okay, so here's my four. Georgia beats Alabama. They get the number one seed. Michigan takes care of Iowa. They get the number two seed. Oregon beats Washington. They get the three seed. Florida State beats Louisville. They get the four seed. That's it. You can't keep them out. I feel bad for Ohio State fans, Texas fans. If they're undefeated, they're in. Oregon has a case, and the committee will view their, uh, whatever you call it, resume. Better than Florida State. Hey, maybe even Florida State goes to the three, which would be silly. But those are the four teams that I think are going to get in. We have an awesome weekend of college football ahead of us. And it starts uh, in just a couple hours. Oregon-Washington is tonight as we record this about 5 o'clock on Friday, December the 1st. It's Christmas season. It's football season. Bowl games will be picked on Sunday. We'll know everything there is to be about the next month or so of college football. So for Evan Harkin and Will Jing, This is Bridge Gotham saying so long, enjoy your weekend of college football, and College Gridiron is a production of WFUV Sports.